Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Unlock me! Unlock me! I'm not going to swear, okay? You know what I'm saying? Um, no. It's Mark Grody on 670 The Score. Oh, hi, Mark. Hi! Oh, my God. Oh, Mark Grody. I have had a... I'll call it a wonderfully busy day today. And I have the next three hours to discuss it. Because everything I did in my life today was Chicago sports related. Yeah. You got the right guy. Good evening. I am Mark Rohde. I am here for you, and I would love to hear from you because you got to hear from me all night, but I will need uh, your interjections and opinions and evaluations as well at 312-644-6767. That is both the phone number and the text message if you want to get in here. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Twitter is the most important in this discussion because it's really just the easiest tool to which I do refer as often as possible during the the shows that I host. So I am on Twitter, at Mark Grody Sports. And, you know, I just realized I always say when I pump up Instagram that I don't do much sports stuff on Instagram. There's sports stuff on Instagram right now. If you follow me on Instagram, I've got Justin Fields throwing the football. All right? So that that is very important for you to see so check me out on instagram that's on twitter too so however you want to get a hold of me that is that is totally cool as far as i'm concerned oh hell yeah oh hell hell yeah speaking of which speaking of that voice let me tell you who i have coming on tonight we're gonna talk a a ton of bears tonight and i'm gonna talk cubs the white Sox are getting started here in just a few so but we probably won't talk much white Sox because they will be on and we will update you on what is occurring during White Sox Toronto as it goes on. But tonight, no guests until a little bit later on. We've got a couple of good ones, too. At 8.40, Bulls writer Rob Schaefer of NBC Sports Chicago will be on, not just to talk about what's going on with the Bulls and the NBA playoffs. What caught my attention was Scottie Pippen announced a new memoir that he is writing, obviously, titled Unguarded. And when I was reading Rob Schaefer's preview piece, I mean, it kind of reads as, just looking at some of the nuggets and things like that, it reads as something of a a tell-all, a retort perhaps to Michael Jordan and his recent documentary. Everything is recent, by the way. I'm going to go with that because time is just so weird 
because of the pandemic, the recent Jordan documentary. And uh, it's a rebuttal to that in some ways. Like he, he is telling his story. We will get what we can on that particular memoir, which doesn't come out until November, but we'll we'll preview it a little bit. We'll kick it around with Rob Schaefer. And who knows, maybe we will talk about the Chicago Bulls a little bit, but that's not until 8.40 tonight. 9.30, yes, my guy Les Grobstein will be on. And, you know, you and we will. We'll talk about anything. But there was actually a somewhat specific reason as to why I wanted to have Grobber on, because 11 years ago today, Patrick Kane made that seemingly phantom goal in Philadelphia to win the Stanley Cup. And I was like, who was there that I could talk? There's actually a lot of people there that I could talk to about it. But I was like, Grobber, yeah, I was there. I, I called him and, you know. He, he said that he would come on. So I always appreciate Robert doing that because he's got his own damn show at midnight. But he will join me at 930 and we will reminisce a little bit. Who better to reminisce with, especially something 10 years ago, 11 years ago, than Les Grobstein. So we will do that with him in uh, just a little bit as well. So 312-644-6767 is the number. I spent the afternoon at Lake Forest watching the the Bears today. Came home, did a Bears segment for WGN-TV with Jared Payton. That'll air tonight at 10.30 on GN Sports. Yeah, I think it's 10.30. Yep. Um, Watched the entire Cubs game. A nice 3-1 win over San Diego. Dominant stuff from the Bulls. Like, straight-up dominance from Ryan Tapera today. Even Rex Bro, Rex Brothers, was terrific as well. And then Craig Kimbrell, like, get the ball to Craigers. Another one, two, three, nine. We'll talk a little bit more about the Cubs game later on. A 3-1 win, a 3-4 and four road trip. They take two out of three from the San Diego Padres. So it was a sharp win. Cubs have had the Padres number this year. We'll get into that in uh, just a little bit. Like I said, the Sox are getting ready to play here in just a little bit, but a hell of a win for them last night. The the battling, gutsy Carlos Rodon from last night, throwing throwing 100 miles per hour in that fifth inning, 100 pitches. There is nobody more max effort on the mound than Carlos Rodon. He is just, when he pitches, he is just in some kind of zone. And I will say, the White Sox starters, there is an intensity about them. And Lance Lynn, you see it with Lucas Giolito, but Carlos Rodon, with his shirt unbuttoned down to about the belly button, there is no more intense of a looking pitcher, a guy who is like, you could see him trying to throw 100 last night and and he did just that Evan Marshall with some great stuff in the seventh inning and uh just some some really good work last night for the White Sox in a game that just kind of expanded at the very end and the Sox ultimately win it six to one in a game that looked like it was trending two one or maybe even extras and the White Sox just exploded it was delightful Sox and Toronto rematching here again tonight all right to the bears first of all let me tell you what i saw and what i can reveal to you of what i saw we can't give you every little thing that happens out in in these practices but i'm going to give you as much as i can without getting in trouble or at least hopefully not getting in trouble um first of all let me just say this i think it's pot let me update where i am with justin fields i think it is possible that Justin Fields can or maybe even will make himself 
undeniable by September 12th. Like, I saw a couple of things today where I was like, all right, that was, like, really good. That's mid-season form. That's a star throw right there. And I'm going to try really hard, by the way, to not be too hyperbolous about this stuff. Uh, I know that we could all be prone to it because we're projecting kind of what we want to see when we're watching Justin Fields and we're hearing about him and reading about him. That's why I did the thing the other night where I wanted to find some of the negatives, some of the things that he does need to work on. And that's why I, I'd search for those things. But there was some, there were some moments today where you're like, wow, okay, I get it. And this is the first time. It's the first time because the, the first OTA that, that I went to and then the rookie minicamp, there wasn't much. There was more air that I saw than anything. But Justin Fields made a, a play today to Demir Bird, a bomb down the side. We'll just call it a deep pass, whatever. Down the sideline and into the end zone, putting it where Demir exactly where Demir Bird needed it to to make the play. So I saw the deep ball today. Had been hearing about that, you know, saw it at Ohio State, and I saw it today against other NFL players out on the field in Lake Forest today. So that was that was terrific to see out of uh, Justin Fields. Also, there was there was one thing that that uh, two that we didn't get around to in the Zoom session, but there was also a bullet pass up the middle by Justin Fields to J.P. Holt. Yeah, J.P. Holt still on the Bears, um, and why not, right? You know, beautiful like 15-yard pass, a bullet that nobody else was going to touch, put in the right place, right in the belly of J.P. Holt for for a nice play so a couple of like really like okay that's it that those are the things that we've been hearing about the velocity in the arm the ability to throw the deep ball some of the other intangibles his calm out there you can you can definitely feel it um so it is like i said it's possible that justin fields will make himself undeniable by september 12th there was some issues though as well today and that was specifically a couple of Justin Fields his fault Justin Fields fumbles of the snap so that that is something that had to be worked on there was one point out on the field today where and Matt Nagy addressed this where he stopped the the play because the the Justin Fields didn't have them in the correct alignment so there there are things he, he is imperfect out there but you see, I saw some of the really good stuff out there as well. 312-644-6767 is the number. A couple other nuggets, and then we're going to play some, some bear sound here and let you get you in on some of the key audio from the day from after the practice. But saw Anthony Miller out there. He was, he was not practicing. Matt Nagy said he had the the slightest, the most minor, I think he a minor nick, I do believe, was the the quote from Matt Nagy regarding Anthony Miller. Miller was out there, so that's good. That's good that he continues to be out there. Jimmy Graham was not present today, nor was Marquise Goodwin, the very fast Marquise Goodwin. Nick Foles not out there again today, and nobody making a big deal out of it at this point, but I just thought that I would give you a little bit of the attendance. None of the defensive starters, all the same guys, uh, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, all those guys, Robert Quinn, none in attendance. Again, it was really just Roquan Smith. Tashawn Gibson, the, the Bears' safety, did make an appearance today, but all all the heavies other than Roquan Smith not in attendance today. That includes Eddie Goldman. He continues to to not be there here in the the portion that they don't have to be. 
next week is when that stuff will matter because next week is a mandatory mini camp. That's when if the if and the only guy that you you really circle and wonder about is Allen Robinson if he is not pleased with having to play on the transition tag and the way it's perceived by him that he has been treated by the organization by getting the transition tag. That's the only guy that uh, I'm wondering about. I'm anxious to see Eddie Goldman and see what he looks like and see if he's full go. Hopefully we get a chance to zoom with him. But yeah, next week is the big week in terms of that. Everybody supposed to be in attendance. We shall see. All right. Let me get to the one. <laughs> The audio that got the the most response on Twitter, something that I tweeted out at Mark Grody Sports, was what what Darnell Mooney, the, the Bears' second-year wide receiver. And, and I never know what's going to move people the most. I'm just reporting what I'm seeing, reporting what I'm allowed to report. And Darnell Mooney, the, the second-year wide receiver, asked about Justin Fields and what he thinks of him. Take a listen. It's a beautiful ball, man. Uh, he knows where he wants to put it, and uh, it's very accurate. And uh, sometimes if it, it can get there at a, at the right the right ball, but he wants it out in front of you, and um, he'll get frustrated with himself if it's not there. But um, he's very tough on himself. He's a great player, great person as well, and uh, he's going to have a good career. Darnell, just to follow up on that question, one of the, the things that folks lauded about Justin coming out was that he could throw the deep ball in a way that allowed speedsters to use their speed and, and go chase it down. I'm curious, as a speedster, what your early experiences have been in that regard? I've caught one or two deep balls from him. And uh, the very first one that he threw up to me, I was smiling mid-route of just seeing the ball in the air and just how where it was placed. And um, like I said, man, he's, he's very accurate with his ball, and he understands where, where exactly where he wants to ball. That's Darnell Mooney, who you could – hear the smile and literally saying he was smiling when the ball was passed the deep ball by Justin Fields so there is there's definitely there's that thing that attraction out there on the field like you know it's huge for all Bears fans that Justin Fields is here and we as reporters out there we know that's the top story we're covering it all but we we know what the top story is the players do, too. The players do, too. They they know what the top story is. They know who the headliner is, no matter who is starting quarterback on September 12th, no matter who is there and who is not there in these OTAs. The players know the story, and they're thrilled as well. So there's kind of like this unconscious bias towards what's going on with, or maybe it's very conscious actually, towards towards Justin Fields and what he is doing in every single move that he is making out there. So there was the good and bad today for Justin Fields. Like I said, the deep ball, the zip up the middle, and then some problems as far as the, the snap was, a couple of the snaps were concerned, but nothing obviously egregious. So an even keel day for for Justin Fields uh, is the way it looked to me. That's the way it looked to me, and some of the, the reaction from Matt Nagy definitely backed that up. Next thing I want you to hear is specifically on the idea of, this is from head coach Matt Nagy, and he talks about Justin Fields' sort of handle on the huddle, his his command. Let's take a listen to Matt Nagy. 
So his, his command right now is what he does is he sits back there with flip when Andy's in there running the show and he's back there repeating every word and he's flipping it and he's going through in his mind um, how to call the play like he's in the huddle. And so um, the big part of that is getting the personnel, understanding the formations, where's the, the ball at is on the left hash, right hash, middle of the field, first wide vision. And, and so he's going through all that. He's, I thought today he had a really good day of, of seeing that. I thought he spun the ball well. Um, and, and I think going back to your question about that uh, deep ball down the sideline, um, he just he has that mentality of rip your heart out. And, and so there's a couple of plays in there and not just today, but other days where these quarterbacks are, are staying aggressive. And you got to see a taste of that today with Justin. And he made the nice throw to Demir down the sideline and that ball just took off. And we talk about airtime. Airtime meaning when the, the wide receiver looks like he's covered to everybody in the stadium. But when that ball touches the top of the ceiling and starts coming down, the, the wide receiver separates. And that's what happened on that play. And he made a hell of a catch. So those are ones that we just like to teach off of this film. Uh, same thing with the fumbles today that we had, being able to fix that. And then in and out of the huddle uh, with a misalignment, um, how we're going to line up. You know, that's that's the quarterback's job to make sure everybody's right. And it's our job as coaches to teach it. So he's done a great job and he's done a great job. Um, Nick, obviously, well, you know, he'll, he'll hopefully be back next week. But, um, you know, those guys are working hard. Matt Nagy talking about the mentality that Justin Fields has at the OTA today, the command with which he plays and then the money quote from Matt Nagy that rip your heart out mentality that Justin Fields has. Um, and I want to get you in on the conversation here right now as well. 312-644-6767. I asked this question about the Cubs the other night in, in regards to how patient you are being with the organization and where they are and their alleged finances and all of that. I want to ask you the same question about the Chicago Bears. Where is your patience level with the Bears organization? Now that they have drafted Justin Fields, now that he is here, what is your patience level with Justin Fields? And it, let's say Justin Fields doesn't start for 10 games this year or the whole season. Would you be okay with that? How patient are you going to be with this organization, a team that has been? Regardless of the celebration of Justin Fields, this is a Bears team that has been 8-8 eight and eight the past two years, a team which has underperformed relative to what they did in 2018 and that what they didn't do in the playoffs. So wh where is your, forget like way back when and through the years, just these the Matt Nagy era, the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy era, where is your patience level right now? What are you willing to accept? And what are you willing to not accept right now? 312-644-6767 is the, the number. Uh, the, the leadership part of Justin Fields is going to be interesting. Because from what all the players have told us, like every time we ask about, or and even Matt Nagy for that matter, whenever we talk about Justin Fields, or they talk about Justin Fields, what they say is that he is doesn't say a lot, very quiet, but very much eager, very eager to learn, does what he's supposed to do, like checks all those boxes, but he is not very vocal out there. He is quiet. I would imagine as time goes on that something like that is probably going to change. I mean, e even though he is Justin Fields, 
moved up in the draft to get him at number 11. He is still a rookie, so I think that there's some respect that he is paying and not just coming in and trying to take over. So I guess that's good, but that that's what you hear, just a very, very quiet, polite, studious, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if that means anything to Bears fans. Like, if, if you care to hear about that kind of stuff, like actual personality and demeanor, because um, I know that we throw a lot of that at you. We did the same thing with Mitchell Trubisky. But I like knowing every part of these players, and that's what I'm learning about uh, Justin Fields right now. So as it pertains to the idea of Justin Fields potentially sitting to start the season, maybe even the whole season, that can't be ruled out, the question was asked to Matt Nagy, do you think that as we look back at Patrick Mahomes in 2017, where he didn't start till the final game of the season, Matt Nagy was there in Kansas City, did it actually benefit Patrick Mahomes to sit out that year? Here's Nagy on that. It obviously didn't inhibit Patrick's career to sit for a little while. Do you think it benefited him to, to, to sit for that stretch? Yeah, I think it did. And I think Patrick would probably tell you the same thing. These guys are all competitive. That doesn't mean that that's going to happen for any of these guys. I mean, there's so many things, these quarterbacks that come in, these running backs, wide receivers, whatever position, you never know, you know, how, how the season goes. But in that scenario in 17, when you ask Patrick, I mean, for him to be able to develop like that and learn from Alex um, and grow, he would probably tell you it was a pretty good thing that happened to him. And, and if he would have played sooner, would he have done what he did the following year? Maybe. We don't know that. But for him, I would I don't want to speak for Patrick, but I would guess that it, it, it helped him grow to be able to really learn so that when he got in that last regular season game against Denver, he went out there and, and had fun with it, and, and we won the football game. All right. I mean, there there is Matt Nagy talking about Patrick Holmes. I always hesitate to – Go back to the the Patrick Mahomes blueprint and the Patrick Mahomes model, because it is something that Matt Nagy references and is happy to answer our questions about. But it is just such a different scenario. You have you had a made team back then and a Super Bowl ready team. You had a Super Bowl ready quarterback in Alex Smith just coming into his own, right? The former number one overall pick. So it was such a different. You could afford to say, all right, we got we have Patrick Mahomes, who was, and I know what he has become, Justin Fields as a as a draft pick is being heralded as more of a sure thing than Patrick Mahomes was. You know what I'm saying? Like like he, he there there was some concern about Patrick or more concern about Patrick Mahomes than there has been about Justin Fields. So I think that there, it was easier for them. It's also easier for them because, obviously, of the, the quarterback hunger that exists in this organization. Not not just the fan base. But we could play the Bears ex-quarterbacks games anytime. Maybe, maybe we'll play that with Grover at 9.30 tonight. But the Bears organization also has to play that game. Like, the, the current regime, they have to play that game in their head as well. And so they know that while Andy Dalton may be the starter on September 12th, it's probably Justin Fields that that would be the next or a 
very good quarterback for the Chicago Bears. At least that's that's the hope and that's the plan. 312-644-6767. Get some of your text messages and phone calls. The question I have out there is how patient are you being right now, Bears fans, with the current organization and with Justin Fields? 312-644-6767. We start with Jake in Rockford. Hi, Jake. You're on the score. Uh, hey, man. So I, I really think that it's really important that, you know, <laughs> to really understand where we are as a Bears fan. And I think that if you would have asked me that question a while ago, like a month ago, I would have said, are you crazy? You know, and obviously you wouldn't have asked it. But my point is, it depends on what kind of person you are. So if, if you use the logic and reason, like it or not, the Bears give Ryan Pace a second chance. And he hit it out of the freaking park. <laughs> yeah, so they've earned the right yeah. to be patient, haven't they? And and it's it's because of what they've set it up, and it's crazy that it's happened this way. Because I was so mad as a Bears fan, and now I'm excited again, and it's like, damn it! <laughs> but it's also like, yay! So uh, yeah, I do think that they've earned the right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty measured call right there, because yeah, there was a. a chaotic feeling still with the Bears pre-draft because it's Andy Dalton and Nick Foles and it's like Dalton is not a bad quarterback he is an average quarterback who has had some ups like he's been above average at times and below average at times great evaluation there Grody Um, so that is that is true about him and then you had Nick Foles so like it just didn't feel good it felt very eight and eight Eight and nine, I guess, would be that in in the upcoming year. But then things change. Yeah, like Justin Fields bought Ryan Pace some. I don't know if it bought him time within the Bears organization, but it certainly bought him some some goodwill with with Bears fans. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the the number. Um, let's see here. Something about a jewelry store. Some of these text messages are just hilarious. A great day at Petco Park. This one I could read. Looking forward to hearing post-game on my drive back to Orange County Art in SoCal. Yeah, man. A good Cubs win today. 3-1 over the, the Padres. Take two out of three in San Diego. Jock Peterson with a homer off you Darvish. Sergio Alcantara with a, with a home run off the bullpen of the eighth to make it 3-1, and the bullpen again was locked down. How's that for you? How's that for a little Cubs postgame? I'll talk more about the Cubs a little bit later on. We're doing Bears right now and uh, taking your calls if you'd like. 312-644-6767 is the number. All right, now um, I want to get to some of the, the players' impressions about Justin Fields and other than Darnell Mooney. We've heard from Mooney. We've heard from Nagy. Coming up, we're going to hear from Cole Komet, Damian Williams, and Sam Mustafer. 8.40 tonight, we're going to talk about Scottie Pippen's new memoir, Something of a Tell-All. We'll do that with Bulls writer Rob Schaefer of NBC Sports Chicago, and the Grobber will join me at 9.30 tonight because 11 years ago, today, the Blackhawk, the the Patrick Kane goal. Where were you when Patrick Kane scored that ridiculous goal and nobody knew that he scored and Patrick Kane is skating down the ice, throwing his gloves up in the air. We're like, what? 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 There it was. There it was. So it's all coming up here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. 
This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. His command right now is what he does is he sits back there with Flip when Andy's in there running the show and he's back there repeating every word and he's flipping it and he's going through in his mind um, how to call the play like he's in the huddle. And so um, the big part of that is getting the personnel, understanding the formations, where's the, the ball at is on the left hash, right hash, middle of the field, first wide vision. And, and so he's going through all that. He's, I thought today he had a really good day of, of seeing that. I thought he spun the ball well. Um, he just he has that mentality of rip your heart out. And, and so there's a couple of plays in there, and not just today, but other days where these quarterbacks are, are staying aggressive. Bears head coach Matt Nagy. I'm Mark Grody. And yeah, I mean, and I think that that applies to, I think Matt Nagy uses that phraseology, rip your heart out mentality is because he is, at least in the tiniest sample size that he has been in Chicago, he has Justin Fields, the Bears rookie quarterback, has a very seemingly quiet demeanor about him. He's calm, and so that don't don't be fooled by that because here's Justin Fields to throw a bomb to Demir Bird perfectly placed down the sideline and then in the end zone to rip your heart out. Ultimately, here's a you think I'm a nice guy? Yeah, here's a here's a zip pass up the middle to J.P. Holtz, the Bears' tight end, to, to rip your heart out a little bit. So we saw some of what Matt Nagy was was talking about today. I'm Mark Grody, and I've been asking the question, how patient are you with the Bears organization and Justin Fields right now? I feel like, and I want to know if I'm right or wrong on this, just from what I feel from Bears fans on Twitter and social media and from calling the radio station at 312-644-6767, I feel like Bears fans' patience has been like refilled or refreshed and probably temporary, but it, that's what I want to know. Am I right about that? Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Or are you skeptical because it's it's a Bears quarterback and Bears quarterbacks haven't worked out through the years? Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. By the way, we had the first, as far as I know, the first I've put on muscle guy of the year. You want to know who it is? Got a guy you put on ten pounds of of muscle. He's been working hard with a former Chicago Bear in this offseason. I know who it is. Ready? Three, two, one. Sam Mustafer. That's for you, Danny Parkins. Sam Mustafer added 10 pounds of muscle, baby. And he's been working with Olin Krutz. So Mustafer been hanging out in Chicago in the offseason, hanging out with our guy Olin Krutz, getting stronger. And he's he's the guy that I've seen playing center so it looks like Mustafer will be back as that guy I'll talk more about the offensive line in the in the there was one interesting name along the offensive line today um that that well I'll I'll tell you in just a little bit about what what effect that might have on the Bears offensive line now let's get to some of your calls once again let's go to Tommy in Wheaton hi Tommy you're on the score Hey, thanks so much. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, you know, been living in L.A. for a little bit, back here in uh, Chicagoland visiting family. But i got to say, the best thing the Chicago Bears did this entire offseason was get rid of Charles Speedbump Leno. He could be 
the worst tackle in Whoa. all of professional sports. Oh, my you God. You whale of a man just die at people's feet, doesn't use his hands. I don't even think he could do a squat or a power lift. This man is a joke. <sighs> Tommy, Tommy, thanks for the call, man. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not good at evaluating offensive line. But he was, look, Charles Leno was no star at left tackle. But you don't last as long as he did by being horrible. Lower half, not not very strong for Charles Leno. There's no doubt about it. When you would see Charles Leno, and I would see Charles Leno close up, like small legs. You know, like you don't see that. Like you need the big butt and legs and all that. Like Charles Leno, talk about maximum effort. What a hell of a career he had for a guy who was a seventh-round pick. But I, I, honestly, Tommy, I think more people uh, would agree with you than agree with me. But he he is gone, and that actually, and three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Couple lines open for ya. That brings me to the the left tackle position. I was watching as as closely as I could about the of the Bears offensive line alignment today and you know sometimes it is hard to see sometimes the players are far like really far away from us and yeah it was Sam Mustafer playing center you had James Daniels at right guard and Cody White here at left guard Jermaine Effetti was the only guy I saw playing right tackle today but there were a couple of different guys playing left tackle today and I, I thought I saw just just myself Elijah Wilkinson, who played for Denver last year, was getting a lot of reps at, at left tackle today. Tevin Jenkins was in there as well. But I think the goal is, I don't think Elijah Wilkinson is necessarily competing. Well, well he might be. He might be competing with Tevin Jenkins for a starting job. He might be. But the, but the idea is, back to that word blueprint, the idea is to have Tevin Jenkins, a second rounder out of, out of Oklahoma State, be the starter at left tackle. But... Elijah Wilkinson, who played a lot of right tackle for Denver last year, obviously would be a a serviceable to good swing tackle. And he's there in a pinch, man. Like we have no like I think Tevin Jenkins looks like an NFL prospect and an NFL left tackle and has all the everything that one would need to be a starting offensive lineman in the NFL and tackle at that. But you never know for sure. So you better have somebody ready to go if that is the case. And who, who knows? Maybe maybe there is a plan for Tevin Jenkins as well um, for his first start. Is that September 12th? That's one thing that I'm I'm wondering about at this point as I'm talking about it right now. 312 67 and 67 your patience level on the Chicago Bears and um and, and Charles Leno apparently as well. All right, the next guy that I want to get to is is Cole Komet. He said something really interesting while talking about Justin Fields. And I want to see if you guys can can pick up on what he said that I thought was like, like very very second year player-ish. Here's Cole Komet. He's been awesome so far. Great teammate, great person. Comes into work every day, you know, with his uh, head down and, and, and ready to do the right thing, you know. So uh, he's coming out here every day to be great, and you can see that. And he, he's learning from everyone and everything that, that happens. So uh, he's been awesome to get to know and be able to play with on the field. What was the reaction, the Bears fan inside you, what was that reaction like on, on draft night watching Fields get selected? <laughs> well, I'm not a fan anymore, so I don't know if yeah. I have really that side. But, uh, you know, obviously excited for the kid, and, you know, it's great. Um, you know, I was in that position last year, and I know how I felt, and it's a, it's a life-changing feeling. And, you know, he, he's definitely here ready to prove himself and, 
and uh, you know get a good start to the NFL career. Cole Clement right there, the Bears' second-year tight end out of Notre Dame. What, what did he say that was interesting right there? I'm not a Bears fan anymore. He he, he owned that whole thing last year where we and, – and guilty, I'm raising my hand right now, asking him about, like, his Bearsness growing up. And I think I asked him during one of the Zoom press conferences if you – if your family hates Green Bay and, you know, he, he, he played along with my silly question. It sounds like, you know, this year, Cole Komet, you know, it's like, all right, I, we did that whole thing last year. I'm not going to, not going to play fanboy this year. I am a Chicago damn bear. I am no longer a fan. Like that answer would have been great last year. <laughs> you know, he would have said, Oh yeah, we were having a party when they moved up to get Justin Fields and all my family was there. And we love this guy. And he played at a big time program. Like I did. So Cole Komet, he ain't playing anymore. He's a bear, man. That's right. Second-year guy. Got to shake off all the silly questions we ask and then that whole motif of, of being a Bears fan. I'm sure his, his locale will come up as the season goes on, but I, I just thought that that was – it's not a big deal, but I thought it was interesting that Cole Komet – sort of poo-pooed that idea of, you know, I'm hey, I'm, don't come to me to be the, the cheerleader here anymore. I got to get serious. And it will be interesting to see Cole come at this year. And how, how I mean, we're not going to have to wait 10 games in this year to see what Cole Komet is because it started at the end of last year where all of a sudden he's making big catches and becoming targeted and becoming a part of the game plan, whereas early in the season last year it was Jimmy Graham who was the bigger part of the Bears' overall game plan. And I don't know, you could probably say that it was a pretty good development plan that the Bears had had for Cole Komet last year, that I know that people wanted to see him more early, but sometimes, sometimes you got to say, all right, that was the plan they had for him and the trajectory was good and he ended up being good towards the end of last year. There's only one thing that I, I like and worry about simultaneously with Cole Komet He's one, He is a, a tight end, a receiver of the football, one of those guys who likes the contact, likes the contact, um, do, likes to drag defenders, likes to put his head down, and I love that. I love that mentality in football. I love the plow guys, but he is also, you know, that is something that he could obviously get injured doing, so I just wonder if some of that will be quelled, but you don't want to coach that that out of him but it'll be interesting to see Cole Komet and one other thing like on the peripheral with Cole Komet said he's been taking online courses trying to get uh trying to get himself uh, his college degree from Notre Dame update on the White Sox it is now 1-1 top of the second inning somebody just hit a home run against Lance Lynn I can't see quite who that is is it Gritchick is that Randall of the Gritchicks? I think Mark. it is. Yep. Did you see what happened on the scoring play on the White Sox the last half inning, too? No, I missed it. Please fill us in. Well, Jose Abreu was in the box, or, and he was on deck or whatever it was. He was moving behind the umpire, and, and the umpire tossed the bat to get out. You know, the bat was in the way of home plate. Threw it and hit Abreu trying to get the oh, bat out of the oh, way. Yeah, and, and Abreu now, got hurt. Yeah, he was like laying on the floor. He's fine. He stayed in the game, but just a, just a thing that happened. I yeah I did see Abreu limping around so that that is 
Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, he was he was on his somebody was on his whoever scored the run was on his way home. And Eric Backus, the home plate umpire, I think is the same home plate umpire who had the worst rating in a single game in terms of called strikes. It, it was Cubs Giants too, I believe, in San Francisco. Yes, right. Yes, the thirty year old. Yes. Yeah, when right? David Ross got in his face and he got ejected. Same guy. Oh my God! Yeah, wakey wakey, Backus. Yeah, Eric Backus. Yep, there he is. I see him now. Yep. Yeah, he he missed. Everything and I actually, I felt bad that day for the kid because he, like he take he does not look like the typical old weathered umpire. He takes his mask off and Eric Wakey Wakey Backus is like thirty and he looks like he's thirty and you have David Ross spitting yelling at him and then Javier Baez was giving it to him that day and now he here he is again struggling on the south side of Chicago where Lance Lynn is dealing right now to the Blue Jays Sox and Blue Jays again 1-1 in the in the top of the second inning of of that game so th- these two teams are very entertaining to to watch terrific game last night and man I got to tell you like We've seen some masterpieces from Carlos Rodon this year. Last night was not that. It was not a. It was not a masterpiece. But I keep going to that fifth inning. Um, Riley Adams, the the leadoff double, that he goes to third on a ground out, and then here we are, fifth inning. Max Max Effort Rodon strikes out Bo Bichette looking on that 100 mile per hour fastball, and he's trying. Like you could see Rodon like pumping it up and giving it like he is not effortless when it comes to pitching you know it worked for him and he's terrific but it's he's not like some some of the past flamethrowers or other pitchers that you think of where it just looked like wow he's throwing 100 like he is pushing it to throw 100 no doubt about it and then he and then hernandez did him a favor goes 3-0 on him in that fifth inning and then he pops out to to center field i think it was um, and then Evan Marshall was terrific in the seventh inning, and uh, there we are. Oh, and you know what, Mike Rankin? Check me out on this one. I think that Andrew, you know who I was channeling for Andrew Vaughn yesterday? And I think it's, I think it is per, Joe Creedy. I mean, I'll just give away the punchline. Yeah, because, and here's why. Here's why. Because he, it, it's some of its demeanor, like he's kind of quiet. He's kind of uninteresting, and I don't mean that in the bad un- uninteresting way. I just mean it in the uninteresting way. He just he like has that vibe about him, and he has that vibe of just getting big hits and being understated about it. He doesn't have the obvious the big piece that's missing from a Joe Creedy piece would be the the and he's theirs. He came up in their system is the defense. Obviously, Creedy was all world at times over at third base. What do you think of that, Rankin? That's a good one. Uh, I think mainly because when I think of Joe Creedy, I think of a guy that doesn't try to do too much and he goes to all fields. And the swing is kind of similar too. It seems like yeah. whenever Creedy was in the box, you know, he was he was going to split a gap or something. Andrew Vaughn. It looks like a veteran and he goes the other way with ease and he goes with I love the way he goes the opposite way but that's an interesting comp I think ultimately Andrew Vaughn's going to turn into a better offensive productive player than and Joe Creedy but the swings are similar so yeah I'll buy it yeah and he and last night his homer in the seventh opposite field just like you said the one that that tied the game it's amazing how that game expanded and became 6-1 but at, at that point that that felt as big as any hit this year to hit that opposite field 
home run. And I, I will say this, where I, I'm not putting Andrew Vaughn down yet as a plus outfielder, but he looks very comfortable out there. Like just like you, and you have to, and even just on routine plays, like you don't see him dancing a lot. Like he's got a good first step. He he can, for lack of a better way to put it, he is good at judging fly balls. I believe it or not, not everyone who is an untrained outfielder is good at judging the fly ball and making that first step. Andrew Vaughn has he's comfortable out there, and then in the box too, like batting, as you said, Mike. Like there, he he is. He is in charge of his at bats, you know. Like he, he is comfortable in there. Like you, you could just feel it, and he ain't gonna come through every time. But it just feels like he's had a ton of big hits, and that was, you know, the swing. And then Joe Creedy, who, you know, the overall numbers aren't putting Joe Creedy in the Hall of Fame, but just some massive moments in Joe Creedy's life with the Chicago White Sox, no doubt about it. Um, all right, I got to take a break. 312-644-6767. We are talking Bears, sprinkling in a little bit of baseball. We'll talk about the Cubs later as well. A Scotty Pippen tell-all. We'll talk about that later on with Bulls writer Rob Schaefer of NBC Sports Chicago, and then a Les Grobstein treat at 930. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Communication is the big key. Uh, just being in person with the guys and uh learning how each each other works um and obviously we don't have pads on so you know there's stuff that you have to tempo down or you know it's not a live look that you're getting but communication and being on the same page uh timing certain concepts getting that down uh i I definitely believe we're at an advantage this year being able to do that versus last year you know just being on zoom spare center sam mustafer after an OTA today, an organized team activity at which I was in attendance at Hallis Hall in Lake Forest today. I'm Mark Grody, 312-644-6767. What is your trust level with the Bears organization right now here on June 9th, 2021? And your patience level as far as how they are handling or will handle Justin Field, 312-644-6767 is the number. Um, from the 815, I feel like we need a playoff win, don't you? Yeah, that that's such a great point. Like it is, it is still too bad that they didn't win that playoff game against Philadelphia in 2018 because it felt like I don't know that the expectation from Bears fans was necessarily to win or even get to the Super Bowl that year, but there was an expectation to win a playoff game and huge disappointment that they lost. And then obviously the way it happened as well. So I agree with that. There have not been enough playoff wins for the bears since the 1980s. That is, that is for sure from the two, six, nine, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Our offensive line is average at best. And for most bears fans are patient with a new quarterback, but not with a lackluster offensive line to simply put it. We need good blockers. Now I've been saying that and I, I will say the, the Bears offensive line was bad in the first half of last year. When they realigned it in the second half last year, things started to get better. All of a sudden, you saw a running game from David Montgomery. You saw some better things from Mitchell Trubisky using half of the field. I think it is possible that the Bears offensive line becomes a position of strength this year. And it all lies on that left tackle spot. If Tevin Jenkins can truly lock in and be the left tackle, or if Elijah Wilkinson, like if he, because he is a veteran who is capable, if one of those two guys can take over that left tackle spot, 
it, it is possible that that's a position of strength. You have, if Mustafer is what I think he is, what he was last year, he'll be a very good center. You have two terrific guards. You know, James Daniels back. He's out there, by the way, having recovered from the pectoral injury. Then you have Cody White here and Jermaine Effetti, who was very good, actually, at right tackle last year. That offensive line, don't, don't look now, but it may be turning into a position of strength. Things have to happen, and I can't state heavily enough about how left tackle has got to be straightened out for that to be possible for the Bears' offensive line to be a position of strength. So we're going to see, we shall see when it comes down to that. But speaking of the offensive line, let, let's stay there, and let's stay with Sam Mustafer, from whom you just heard. He put on the 10 pounds of muscle. His early impression of Justin Fields is this. Hey, Sam, what's impressed you about Justin Fields being around him? Um, you know, it's it, it's been a brief time that I've been able to be around him, but he's definitely confident. I mean, he played at a big-time program in college, um, and, you know, he, he's just a confident guy, very quiet, goes about his work, doesn't really talk or say too much, which is, which is great. I mean, you know, I, I'm a person who, you know, I love to just do my job, and th- that's what I like to do, and I, I, I think he does the same thing, and I appreciate that about him. When you see him hit a couple of deep balls like he did today, what what could that do for the offense, big picture? You know, it could do a lot. Uh, you know, obviously we have to protect up front and make sure he's given the ability to make those throws. And no matter who's behind us, uh, we get, we got to do our jobs. And if, as an offense, we're able to click and do things on the same page, then the sky's the limit. Sam Mustafer, Bears center right there. And, yeah, obviously all the play, none of the players are going to say anything, you know, that's going to veer too much off of that template from Sam Mustafer. But it does have that feel out there. You know what I mean? Like watching the practices and the OTAs, like just when he is in the game, Justin Fields, or in the practice, I should say, whatever the setup is, they're, they're, it, it feels different. It just does, and it's it's difficult to explain right now. And like I said, we have to be careful not to project that and to overhype it and all of that. But that that's the early OTA feel, and can't wait for minicamp to see the the everybody hopefully in attendance. The only, like I said, the only one who I think there could be concern over and there's no reason to believe that he won't be there would be number 12 Allen Robinson but looking forward to seeing the rest of of the Bears and the defense out there one more guy one more guy here that I want you to hear from and he's one of the new guys he is Bears running back a a backup running back he'll back up David Montgomery this year and that is that is Damian Williams who and I'll tell you why he chose the Bears here in just a second but first let's get his impression on Justin Fields curious if you've seen flashes from Justin Fields in the limited time you guys have been together that have made you say wow um and realizing that as a rookie he's you know you know there are going to be a lot lots of ups and downs at the start but but has there been anything you've seen that's that's really impressed you uh actually today why well, it's funny you say that he threw a, a, a ball today in, in a cover two coverage and it's a little hole shot that you got to kind of get it in there and perfect back shoulder Right over the top of the head, it was it was it was beautiful. Was that the was that the left sideline to Bird? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, no, it, it's not even that one. Actually, it was it was a different play. And when you see that, does that uh, can you guys start dreaming on what that may be uh, here? You know, whenever he does get to play. Oh yeah, you 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 see it in him. You know, he's going to have an outstanding career whenever his time comes. I know he's going to embrace it. 
That is Damian Williams, Bears backup running back. And he was asked the question today, was Williams like, why the Bears, man? Why'd you come here? And he was like, well, honestly, he's like, I know the offense. You know, for having played in Kansas City, he's like, I, I know what's going on. And I'm not at the point in my career where I wanted to learn anything new. So come to a cool city like Chicago with the offense that I know. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's good enough for me. I mean, he, he does know things. He will bring that veteran presence. But the number one with the bullet, David Montgomery, Ryan Nall still running around out there for the Bears. So he, he was present. Um, he'll play a big part on special teams. But Damian Williams and then I did not see – this doesn't mean he wasn't out there, but I did not see Tariq Cohen on the, the field today. He might have been out there. I did not see him with, with my eyes. I did see rookie Khalil Herbert – out there playing uh, or returning punts so was darnell mooney so there are other guys who may get opportunities in in that particular realm one of the the other second year players that i'm very interested in for the bears who seems to be more present this year so far anyway is the last year's fifth round pick one of their fifth round picks from last year trevis gibson um, the outside linebacker. And, you know, he's, he got some playing time. You know, he was in uniform last year at times and plenty of times, but not a huge impact. But it was the truncated year and all of that and development was hard. But I just wonder, you know, with Robert Quinn having had the season that he had last year, if Quinn doesn't pick it up quickly, I just wonder if Travis Gibson is going to see more 99 for the bears is a guy just to think about being more a part of of the bears rotation this year especially if robert quinn comes out cold again this year but hopefully hopefully quinn will get back to the double digit sacks like he had had a couple of of years ago but he has not been there yet he's not been in otas nor have any of the of the bears regular defenders so that's the bears report for right now we could talk more about bears and if you'd like to talk more about bears you can and answer the question that we threw out there of how much do you trust the bears organization right now how much do you trust what they're doing with justin fields and how where not trust patience patience where is your patience level 312-644-6767 and after the break i want to get into what the Cubs did in San Diego over the last three days. They won today. They win the series. Let's get into the Chicago Cubs. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 